0: Well, whether you're there or not, I have to go. because I'm going to start at verse 12. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. To open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I could really summarize this entire sermon by stating that our newfound purpose is all right there in verse 18. The same purpose that God gave to Paul that day is our purpose today. And if you've ever been to a, a, a service where missionaries are being prayed over and they're being sent to whatever location it is that God's calling them, I would guarantee you that this verse at some point in that service was read and prayed over and proclaimed as people uh, voluntarily go and serve the Lord in places they thought they would never be. And we we as the congregation, as a church, might look at it as though they are superstars and they're phenomenal, powerful Christians that, that would go and do that. But the reality is that God calls each and every one of us to live this way. And it doesn't always translate into us going to another continent or, or relocating geographically, but it just everything that pertains in these verses applies to us. We're called to open eyes. We're called to to bring the light of Jesus Christ to dark places. We're called to see people turn around. But part of that, as you read in this portion of Scripture, I believe, is there's an interruption that takes place. And it's in our human nature, we don't love being interrupted. I have a, keen ear I hear everything so I almost heard the worship team a few times being interrupted by feedback that, that could throw me off <laughs> like that could close the gates of heaven for me feedback I can't worship that's what my flesh would say but I have to I have to get past that you know interruption and move forward and sometimes as much as we hate interruptions they are necessary if I were getting ready to cross the street without looking and a huge truck was coming to, you know, smash into me, I would want for you to interrupt my progress in crossing the street because I'd rather be interrupted than smashed. This outfit that I'm wearing today was not originally what I intended. My wife interrupted my plans and said, you're not wearing what you picked out. (laughs) She interrupted me. So if you like this outfit you can thank her. If you hate it you can also talk to her. Thank one Warm... <laughs> She knows. He knows too, right? <laughs> so interruptions they save us from devastation. They also save us from humiliation. But there's something within us in our pride that doesn't always want to be interrupted. So the first step in discovering our new purpose is that we have to humble ourselves and acknowledge that I need to be interrupted. I've titled this sermon this morning, Let God's Purpose Interrupt Your Plans. Amen. One person's happy. (laughs) They they probably have a a history of bad plans, so they're really excited. (laughs) If we are willing to allow God to interrupt our old plans, he will gladly introduce us to our new purpose in our lives. I am so thankful for the new purpose that God has given me. Because as scripture says, Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute the church. I was on my my way to destroying my life with drugs and alcohol and criminal activity. But on August 15th of 2000, the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit interrupted my plans and introduced me to his new purpose, which is to lead men to Jesus Christ and to watch them be saved free from the power of addiction in my pride I could have said I don't want to be interrupted I don't want a new purpose I love what I've committed myself to I love drinking myself into destruction I love what I'm doing my pride could have stood up and said I don't need a new purpose I don't need a new plan but I knew as Jesus Christ revealed himself to me that my old plans needed to go and that his purpose needed to come in humility I meet a lot of Christians that are highly interested in what God's purpose for their life is. But I would encourage you this morning that finding that new purpose can only be obtained when we're willing to let go of our old plans. And that doesn't just mean when we first get saved, that some of God's greatest works are interruptions to what we thought we would be doing. Somebody once told me a well, while, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans." Because his purpose sometimes is so much bigger. All the time, not sometimes. His plans are to prosper us. His ways are above our ways. He'll do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all we could ever think or imagine. His purpose is way greater than our plans. And Paul, when he met Jesus Christ, it says through light that shined brighter, that must have been a bright light where if it was in the middle of broad daylight that the light stood out in the middle of broad daylight, that's a a, a fabulous light. It's a miraculous light. And Paul knew that when he saw that light that his old plans needed to go and God's new purpose needed to come. Are you willing to allow God To interrupt your plans, so that he can introduce you to his purpose, and it's easy to to nod in the pew, right? But I heard someone once say, "The calling is one thing; the assignment." is another (laughs) the calling is sometimes celebratory the calling sometimes is is fabulous we we rejoice at the calling there's commissioning services there's 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 ordination services there's installment services and we celebrate and then there's the actual assignment And it's there that we have to draw strength from the commitment that we make in these pews because God's purpose sometimes is going to be more difficult than what our plans were. But in the end, he'll get more glory out of what he has in store for us than what we do. So there's just a couple of things I want to look at that Paul and really all of us have to do in order to engage and find out and discover what God's purpose for our lives is. The first way that Paul responded was that he allowed God to break his old connections. If you look in verse 12, it says, in this connection. And who was he connected to? He was connected to the religious leaders. He was connected to the chief priests. He had his group. He had his people (laughs) And there's a commissioning, Uh, commissioning just means sent with authority. It means you've been given permission to do what somebody who's in in, in authority wants you to do. And we're, we're very used to that in the church world, but I didn't even realize that I was commissioned by the devil to go and do what his plan and purpose for my life was. But back then, it was it was different. I was, I was committed to an activity, and then I sought out a group of people who would accept me that agreed with that activity that I was involved in. At a young age, I was committed when I looked around and saw all my friends and family and said, everyone here is addicted or an alcoholic or engaged in criminal activity. That must be what God created me to do so I'm going to do that to the best of my ability and so my activity was determined and then I just looked for a group of people that would accept me and agree with that activity and we could all just be the best bad people the world has ever seen and that was a commissioning and Paul in order to embrace his new purpose said I need to be willing to disconnect from those old connections if I want to connect with God's new purpose for my life and it sounds so easy to just say, well, that's fine. Just say goodbye to all your old friends. But, but in that disconnection, Paul was losing everything he had ever known, all the authority, all the power, all the purpose, all the permission and all the acceptance he had ever experienced. He had to say goodbye to and disconnect from so that he could engage his creator. Authority, in this authority, I journey to Damascus. They gave him power. The religious chiefs gave him power to fulfill his plan, which was to go and stomp out the church. And it's not easy (laughs) for us to say the thing that always made me feel so good and strong, I'm burying so that God can bring to life a new power in me. And Paul's was socially acceptable. Mine was socially unacceptable. What made me feel strong and authoritative and give me power before is when I could contribute and and help people feel better about themselves through self-medicating. I felt so strong when I had the best connections for those chemicals and those things that people would use to self-medicate with. I felt like I was on top of the world when people would come back and tell me how awesome my connection was and how amazing you know, the substance I provided for how great it was and how high it made them feel. And, and it made me feel so strong. And then on the other end, I used to feel so powerful when I could take people who were really you know, big on themselves and tear them down to nothing. I mean, I couldn't fight physically, but man, with my mouth, I could hurt. I could hurt people, but you better be fast if you don't know how to fight and you're quick with your mouth. And fast I was. I learned how to run. But all those connections, all those things that I used to be connected to that made me feel so authoritative and feel so powerful had to be laid down and disconnected and broken so that I could commit my life to saying, I no longer want to be the source of how high or how low people feel. I want Jesus Christ to be the source of how people feel high. And if there's some people that are walking around high and they need to be brought low, I want the Lord to... To govern, and I want him to facilitate that. I no longer want to be, you know the reason for people feeling up and for people feeling down. Jesus Christ died on a cross, and he alone deserves that occupation. He alone deserves to be seated on that throne. So it takes a strong commitment to say, I, I don't want that type of authority anymore. I don't want those type of connections anymore in teen challenge in the orientation phase we have a 30 day blackout period that means residents can't call or talk to anyone and that might seem seem inhumane and people might be worried But whatever the worry is during those 30 days doesn't compare to the worry that was going on for the years and years and years and years of their life when people had no idea where their family member was or what they were doing. So that 30-day blackout period gives us momentum in disconnecting from some of those relationships that we need to disconnect from. Do you know that Paul's preparation for ministry, he was blinded and then sent to go be trained by a guy who didn't trust him, Right? Imagine that. Imagine if I just say we're gonna we're gonna blindfold our guys and then we're gonna put them in a cabin with people that don't trust them and they're gonna you know and that's that's gonna be phase one, you know. And then when the social workers and the, and the news people come and say, what the heck are you doing? I'm training these people for ministry. What are you talking about? <laughs> this, this is what Paul did. They're going to be fine, trust me. <laughs> but the, the extreme measures that Paul allowed himself to go through just so that he could be disconnected from what was, what was holding him in his past and be reconnected to the one who holds his future is something that we cannot overlook. If you want to find your new purpose You need to sometimes let go of those old connections. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody in these pews today, this morning, that there's some contacts in your phone that you need to disconnect from. You just need to swipe left and you just need to delete it. And you just need to start filling up your contacts with people who will prophesy into your life, people who will speak into your life, people who will love you. Sometimes leadership has to interrupt the decisions that we've made. And if we want to find our new purpose, then we We need to be willing to allow God to use the leadership he's placed in our lives to interrupt our old plans. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't. Paul had a commission. And as I mentioned, that commission comes with authority. It comes with purpose and it comes with permission. And he had permission to go out and disrupt the lives of Christians he had permission from the authoritative figures to go out and torment and hurt. And God's new commission is <laughs> similar in the fact that it, is still, it still interrupts, but it's not to hurt, it's to help. And that commission comes with a permission and it comes with an authority. And commissioning means that we're being sent out from a a, a place. And as Christians, we want to be sent out from the place that Jesus Christ reigns from. And we cannot be commissioned until we've been accepted by him. And when we are accepted by him, the very next, his first invitation is follow me, follow me, follow me. Every single invitation that he gave first to all of his disciples was follow me. If you're not following Jesus Christ today through scripture, through prayer, through 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 pastoral uh, leadership, through if you're not fo- that's the first purpose that God wants for you to have in your life is to follow him, to be accepted by him. And then once you realize how much he's done so that you could be accepted by him, you're ready to be put into action for him, no matter where he calls you to go and no matter what he calls you to do. Your action is birth out of your acceptance through him. And once you realize I've been accepted by the king of kings and the Lord of lords, he owns cattle on a thousand hill. He's never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. Once you know that you've been accepted by the king of kings, the activity that he calls you to will be so much easier. So he first responded with, what was it? I got to go back. Break his old connections. His second response was obedience. And I like it in verse 19 he says therefore o king Agrippa i was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I know this sounds over overly simplified Break old connections and be obedient. 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 But I'm telling you that I stand here today, 22 years of serving the Lord, and it all started with me being willing to disconnect from my old connections and be obedient now to what God is calling me to do. Do you know what delayed obedience is? Disobedience, because we don't know if we have tomorrow. We don't know if we have another second. We don't know if we have another minute. And there's something that the Lord is calling us to do and we keep saying I'm not prepared I don't know if I can do that maybe next year maybe next week delayed obedience is disobedience our eternal God is calling us to do things today and like Paul said therefore I did not hesitate to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Obedience. What was he obedient to? The first thing Jesus said to him when he appeared was for I have appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you As a servant, as a servant, and that that might not hit you like it hit me when I read it, but sometimes I can be overwhelmed by the obligations as a leader. Leaders have to problem solve. Leaders have to budget. Leaders have to manage. Leaders have to think. And sometimes it can just be flooding with overwhelm. And when I go back and say, I don't feel up to par from being a leader, I'm comforted by the fact that Jesus just called me to be a servant. And when I'm overwhelmed by the challenge to be a leader, I find comfort in the simplicity that Jesus just called me to be a servant. And the type of leadership that Jesus is looking for anyway is burning. Birth- it's birthed out of service. It's birthed out of when, when Jesus exemplified service, he walked into a room with disciples that had filthy, stinking feet, and he sat down and he waited. Who's going to take care of this smell? Who's going to wash these dirty, nasty feet? And then when he observed nobody else was going to do it, he stood up and he put the apron on and he took the bastion and he served, and his leadership was birthed out of moments just like that all throughout the gospel, and I know that leadership is overwhelming. And as we raise guys up, I see the look in their face like, I don't know if I'm caught. Just serve, just serve, just serve. Find people and make them better by being around them, by giving them whatever it is that they need. Whether it's a hug, whether it's a glass of water, whatever it is. And I can guarantee you that if you're willing to serve, God will raise you up to be a leader. He said, witness the things that you've seen me do. Tell other people about it. Your newfound purpose, serve and witness, serve and witness, serve and witness. Because what you saw God do in somebody else, there's somebody else coming down the line that needs that same exact thing. We've got a house right now with guys, with like 23 guys that have been set free from addiction. I have witnessed the power of the gospel set men free from addiction. But you know what? There's hundreds of thousands, if not millions more of men out there that need to hear that witness, that even though they told you you'll always be an alcoholic and you'll always be a drug addict and you'll never amount to anything, I've witnessed God turn those lives around and set men free. They just need somebody who, who's been a witness to what God has done to share that testimony with them. That's all they need. They just need somebody who's willing to serve and testify of the good things that they've seen Jesus Christ do. Open eyes. Jesus said open eyes. It doesn't mean like we'll get a toothpick and prop their eyelids open. But this hit me because there was even a time frame in my life Well, I just felt like service to Jesus Christ just means, you know, share the Ten Commandments with sinners. When they feel bad, you've done your job. (laughs) Right? Man, I felt bad when I met you, but now I feel worse. That's an interesting ministry you have there, sir. I was totally down and out on myself, but you came and told me I'm a rotten sinner, and now I feel worse. I'll be like, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for using me to make people feel awful. <laughs> That's not what Jesus said. Sure, our leadership, our service, and our witness involves sometimes preaching and sharing messages that may make people feel convicted and then they come to a realization that their eyes are closed and that they're dark but our ministry does not stop there because jesus said it's not just pointing out to people that they're lost and that they're blind and that they're hopeless it's giving them the love and the truth and the light that causes their eyes to open the light to break in and their lives to be turned around and if our ministry has not reached that full extent then our job is not done yet we're not just to point out people's faults and failures. We're there to lead them and connect them to the one who can turn their lives around so their eyes can be opened, that they can experience that the that, that power of God can be made perfect in every single one of their weaknesses. In closing, I'm going to ask the worship team. Come. Come. In closing, I know, like I've said, it seems very simple. When I'm willing to let go of my old plans, God will introduce me to his new purpose. I know it seems very simple. When you think about the parable that Jesus told. The Good Samaritan, and the man who was hurt on the ground, right? Right? It said that the priest walked by, left him. He said he crossed the road. He was a priest. He had to go to church. He's got to get around that wounded guy. (laughs) Then it was a Levi. They were like worship leaders, right? So the worship leader, he's just, oh, man, he looks rough. But I have to go lead worship. (laughs) And then it says the Samaritan came by and stopped and helped him people who are more committed to their position than they were their purpose, because our purpose is always to pick people up. And no matter what our position is, whether it's Levite, priest, director, God forbid if I get so enamored with my current position that I overlook my purpose of stopping and allow. So what would that have required? What would that have required? An interruption. I need to be interrupted from where I'm going. But some of us just don't plan our, manage our time well enough to allow God to interrupt us, to stop and do the thing that's needed most in that moment. That being said, this whole entire ministry of adult and teen challenge worldwide, as pastor Eric said, worldwide. I don't don't even know what the the number is of men and women and children who have been touched and saved by this ministry. I have no idea. But I know that it all started with one man who was willing to allow God to interrupt his plans. And when Dave Wilkerson decided to stop watching TV, (gasps) not that, But he didn't have Hulu. He didn't have Prime. He didn't have all that download. It doesn't matter. He still told his flesh, no, you're not going to do that. And submitted it to, yes, you are going to go enter into prayer. And got rid of television from his life and went into his prayer closet. And his attention while he was in prayer was brought to a Time Life magazine. Now, I don't know about you, but I always find myself being distracted or interrupted by something when I'm trying to pray. And if that was me, I would have took that Time Life magazine and I would have threw it out the window because that's a distraction. But I thank God that that man was willing to allow that interruption to come into his life because it was that cover of that Time Life magazine that led him to say, somebody needs to go help those boys in Brooklyn, New York, who everybody else is ostracizing, who everybody else is judging. Somebody needs to go and help those boys. And because he allowed his life to be interrupted, we have all these men who are sitting here before you today. We have myself who's standing here before you today. Because one man, one man said, God, interrupt my plans and introduce me to your purpose. And I'll go and I'll do whatever it is that you want me to go and do. If you could stand with me as the worship team plays. And I'm going to invite... As the worship team plays, I'm going to invite the prayer team and the altar workers to come. If you're on the prayer team or you're an altar worker, I'm going to invite you to come. And the worship team is going to play, oh, come to the altar. And as they play, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm inviting you to come and accept him this morning. He has done everything he could do so that you could receive his acceptance. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you for all of your sins, I'm asking you to come and these altar workers and this prayer team is going to pray with you. They're going to lead you to Jesus Christ. This is God's newfound purpose for you to follow him and to serve him, to be forgiven for your sins.